I'm going to launch this episode for Christmas of 2021, maybe Christmas Eve. So regardless, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, This is a very special episode, and I'm going to tell a story. It's a story of betrayal, of deceit, and a story that really opened my eyes to the way the world really worked. I'm going to take you guys on a ride, and we'll see. But either way, Merry Christmas. All right. Well, this is that crazy time of the year. We're all so busy being busy. Traffic is crazy. And I just went to the grocery store, and hopefully it's my last time for the year. We'll see. At least the last time before Christmas. Now, a long time ago, I was in retail. And after Halloween, pretty much blacked out all but Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. Um, to work, and I remember I made buku bucks back then. Um, but between Christmas and New Year's was tough because you just dealt with all the problems of Christmas. Anyway, that was a long time ago, but we're gonna go even further back. This is a story from my childhood. Now I don't remember the exact exact date, the exact age, but somewhere in the late single digits, you know, eight to ten, eight, eight, nine, or ten. I lived up in New York, and believe it or not, there's a huge difference between um, there and Georgia, because I live in Georgia now, and down here during the summer, it can be somewhere in the neighborhood of 95 degrees out. You know, it is crazy hot down here, and, you know, we can, we get acclimated to it over time, but the biggest thing is we've got amazing air conditioning set up here. So I know I've, I've worked with people where they just keep the AC running all year long. And you're just, I mean, you're sitting in there with a coat because you're freezing. But up in New York, because we have a very mild summer, a lot of places don't have AC. And my house was not an exception. I did not have AC growing up. So... You know, there's a couple of things that you can do to kind of get a little bit of uh, relief from the craziness of the heat. And a lot of times it is too. Um, For us, it was hiding in the basement. You know, you get below ground if you've ever seen one of those cellars where you can get, um, you just dig out a cellar and then you can put your food in the ground and it'll keep it cold for you. There's a survival tip, FYI. You can have uh, free in-ground refrigeration just from digging a pit. But anyway, so during the summer, 
we spent a lot of time in the basement because you just got the relief from the heat and we didn't have AC. So in our basement, although it was creepy for a lot of it, uh, for some of the time, we had one finished room in the basement. And it was our toy room. And more importantly, it was our game room. I've been a gamer my entire life. I started playing Mario 64 when I was four years old. And I played, you know, Super Nintendo um, over at my cousin's house. And, you know, then I went to PS2, Xbox 360. I got the Xbox One. Um, Never really got into PC gaming, but definitely a lot of games. And so anyway, I would spend hours and hours and hours just killing it, playing these games, right? And so in the summertime, I spent a lot of time in either playing sports, practicing baseball, or playing video games in the basement whenever I needed a break from the, from the heat. So I remember I was downstairs in my element, just crushing these video games, having a blast. And I was, you know, like I said, maybe just shy of 10. And for whatever reason, there was an issue with the reception. Maybe one of the plugs was messed up. I don't know. And I used to pride myself on the fact that I could set up electronics, as in, like, plug in the, the cords to the TV and, you know, plug it into the wall. And I will say in that exact same basement, I shocked myself really bad one time because I was reaching into the, you know, the nest of wires in the dark. And then I just saw, like, a lightning bolt shoot out of one of the outlets right into my hand, stung for, like, an hour. That was brutal. So anyway, with some reservations, because that had happened, I went over because I, I couldn't see my game. You know, it was snowflaking all over the screen. What happened next, it shook me. Honestly, it, it was one of the more traumatizing things in my entire childhood. Because it, it, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. But if something ever happens to you, you get some information, some new information, and a million connections happen all at once. Your brain feels like it's about to explode. You feel like you want to roll up in the fetal position and just give up. And that's what happened. Because I walked over to the TV and I started fiddling with it and couldn't get it to work, couldn't get it to work. And then I reached behind the TV and I just, I couldn't quite reach the cord. So I just tugged on the whole entertainment center I pulled it, I pulled it, and finally it started to scrape and give way, slide so I can get back there. And then when I stuck my head over the side to view the back, I saw the most atrocious thing, the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It was wrapping paper from Santa, and I instantly recognized it. And that exact moment I knew there was no Santa. It was bullshit. My parents were Santa. It was like getting hit with a sledgehammer in the center of your gut because I could just tell nothing was ever going to be the same after that. Magic didn't exist, you know, and, you know, maybe magic does exist. But in that moment, magic did not exist. The whole world was was fake. Because think about that. Think about how big of a lie Santa Claus is. Right? And I have three kids. I participate. We have the elf on the shelf, which I move every day. And they think 
moves by itself, right? But I remember when I was a little kid, and, you know, we, I moved about 12 times by the time I was 11. It was a bit of a rough go to the beginning. But, you know, by the time I turned, you know, 8, 9, we, we finally got some stability. And, you know, a normal home, I had my own room. It was a freaking miracle. I mean, it was like we moved from the dregs to, like, normal middle-class living, but I thought I was king of the world. And my parents did a good job always creating the magic of Christmas, even if we didn't have tons of money. Like, I 1,000% believed that that fat bastard came down the chimney, which we didn't even have. We had a little wood-burning stove. But I believed that he, was, he came down, tiptoed around my parents, because that's where the, chip, the wood-burning stove was, and then filled under the tree with those presents. When I saw the wrapping paper, and it was, you know, a couple of different kinds, but they were both from Santa, it was so obvious that those were the, the special paper from Santa. I remember after I composed myself, which took a while, I marched up the stairs, and this was, you know, it was during the summer heat. It was like July, maybe August, but I, I marched up the stairs, walked right to my mom, and I was like, hey, mom. And she's, she's like, what? What's going on? And I said, hey, is Santa real? And then she said, of course he's real. And I said, mom, I found the wrapping paper. <laughs> it sounds so funny now because I was just this little kid. I was just this little kid, but I just remember the way I said it to her. It was just like, I found the wrapping paper. And her face just dropped. And she knew, you know, it was over. She knew. It was, it was really sad. And then I heard her curse my dad's name under her breath because I'm assuming it was his job to destroy the evidence and he just kind of chucked it behind the TV downstairs. So it was funny because she took me aside and, and she told me, hey, listen, you're right. There is no Santa. It's me and your dad. We buy all the presents. We wrap all the presents. We put all the presents under the tree and we do it for you guys so that you have something special that you can believe in. And it's really important that you don't ruin it for your little sisters. Because I'm the oldest. I was the oldest of four growing up. And she explained the situation, explained the meaning of preserving innocence and honestly just giving something special for the parents to see the magic of Christmas for a child. And I have kids. I, I know what that's like. And, and I, definitely, I definitely plan to preserve it as best I can. Not to a crazy weird level. Like, I'm not going to gaslight my 16-year-old about Santa. Um, we'll, we'll let it go. But the point is, I got the information. I saw Santa's wrapping paper. And you know what? It, it shattered my reality. Because my reality was, Christmas Eve, I go to sleep, and this guy shows up. He eats the cookies we leave out. Fills, you know, the stockings and the tree. And, and then we wake up to just magic every year amazing. And then I find out that that's not true. It's an illusion created by my parents. Now, I've since understood that it is a way for them to preserve innocence. It is a way for them to, to give us something. It's a gift. Christmas is a gift from parents to children because it, it lets you keep that childhood imagination going. And, and I do appreciate that. But I'm using the example because there's a lot of our world that's fake, a lot. And a lot of people believe in Santa Claus. 
if you get what I'm saying. A lot of people think everything they're told is true, that all the, all the good things are all there is, that, that people don't have different or negative agendas with what they say and do, that it's just all straight and narrow. You know, I'm not going to invite kids to watch this podcast or listen or watch my videos because I'm here to tell you there's no Santa Claus. The world is fabricated. And part of it is to maintain some innocence. Part of it is to maintain control, power, wealth. And I don't know. I've just had enough of a varying experience that I don't buy any of it. I'm very open to just about anything being correct. And I'm, and I'm open to then getting new information and then undoing all of what I believe before that. Because let's face it, I mean, we're going to deviate to religion for just a second. Because Christmas is Jesus' birthday. Here's the thing. I grew up and I went to a bunch of different churches all growing up. And here was my impression. They were all very different from each other. And it seemed like everyone in each of them thought they were right. And then I looked at, you know, Mormons. I looked at Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims. And then you see um, these, you know, like National Geographic channels, history channels, all this. They talk about other people's religions. And hilarious to me would be like the Greek mythology. Because it wasn't mythology. It was their religion. They believed it wholeheartedly. So if you told them that it was just a myth, you'd probably end up, well, you'd probably end up getting into a fight with somebody who grew up fighting. <laughs> it, it wouldn't end well. So I guess my point is, growing up, I was, I was very aware that there were too many options for me to just give up any resistance to any of them and say, this is definitely what is. This is definitely what's going on. So I was agnostic. And I've had several experiences, which I'll share later on, which led me to believe that there is a higher being, a higher power. But I remain agnostic. I can't prove it. Therefore, I acknowledge the fact that it may be different than what I believe. But to me, it, it almost takes more work to be purely atheist. Because I've, I've heard several people who are atheist, and they kind of shit all over the people who are religious for the fact that they can't prove what's going on, what they believe in. And to me, that's ridiculous because... At least the religious people acknowledge that they have uh, an element of faith where they're not proving a certain thing. They just believe it, and they, they have that faith, and that's you know a bedrock of their belief. And then the atheists say, oh, no, well, that doesn't make sense. That definitely isn't what happened or what's going on or what will happen. And hilariously, they have just as much proof that there's nothing than that there's something. But I guess because they can't prove what exactly it is, in my opinion, they go the lazy route of saying there's definitely nothing. So why is it so hard to just entertain something and not know exactly, right? I guess it's scary for some people because you want to have something exact. You want to be right. So you'll commit to something that's wrong, even if you know it's wrong, just so you can lie to yourself and say you definitely know X is X and Y is Y, even if they're not. So for a kid, they believe that I moved the elf on a shelf to go play with my Xbox controller. Well, actually, that was my wife. I got to give her credit. She threw it up on the gaming shelf with the headset and the controller, and the girls went wild because they're into Spyro right now. And so they got to see the elf on the shelf playing with their Xbox controller. But they believed that it watched her all day and then went up there. And they're going to freak out when they see what we got them for Christmas, what Santa got them for Christmas. So for them, it's easy to believe. And it's okay for them to believe. Because there's a lot of magic, and I'm great, great with the magic for them. But now, outside of Christmas, we're starting to get into trouble. 
Because there's a lot of people who believe things that are just absolutely wrong. And it's and they're provably wrong. And, you know, maybe new information would come in later that would then prove it right or prove it different. But there isn't. Right now there's information that's the best available information. And people just absolutely ignore it outright because they just want to believe what they believe is right, even if it's not. Even if it's not even close. So what I say is you need to take the experience of Santa Claus. Think about how much you really believed in Santa Claus. And then you got to deprogram from that. You got to just take whatever the best information is and then rebuild your belief system based off the most accurate information you can get. And honestly, sources matter, but also you can't just put all your eggs in one basket on one source. So there's definitely an element of difficulty trying to figure out exactly what's right, what's true, what is, and there's bias everywhere. So we run into problems with that. But I'm just saying, don't call other people who believe other things crazy conspiracy theorists when you believe in Santa Claus. Because we've spent a couple of years now gaslighting the hell out of people who have called every step of this process. And there's countries right now that are going back to World War II era segregation, persecution, punishment, camps. I saw there's a there's paperwork that's going to be voted on in New York where they can deem somebody a public health hazard and lock them up for an undetermined amount of time. That's if it gets pushed through. Hopefully there's some people who have a brain because that's just one of those things where you can't prove that you're not a public health hazard. So if you give these guys the key to the city, they're going to take all the gold at Fort Knox and then they're going to raise it to the ground And we're seeing that all over the place. These people are so committed to the lies that they'll let the worst of the worst lead them. I say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And from what I've seen, especially people who followed the narrative, you know, the CNN, MSNBC, the narrative, what all of the athletes are pushing, all of the singers are pushing, all of the movie stars are pushing, all of the magazines, newspapers, Facebook and social media headlines. Google is shifting and forcing its opinion onto us. That's the narrative. And at this moment, people on the left side of the spectrum, they have big hearts. A lot of them are very smart. And they're all well-meaning, it seems like. But they're under the hypnosis of Santa Claus, where they think that they're the good guys and they're not. They think that what they believe is right and just, and it's not. You have a situation where the English language is being bastardized, changing the, na- the definitions of things so that they can win arguments. Instead of winning an argument or losing an argument, they change words so they can win an argument. And then you have people who are f- arguing based off of the original definition of something and then people who are arguing off the new definition of something. few examples of that. Racism. I'm half Mexican. My grandparents came here from Mexico. My mom's full-blood Mexican. So I can talk as much about race as I damn well please, okay? Because apparently certain groups are or are not allowed to talk about race. Honestly, it wouldn't matter what I am. I would, I would talk about it anyway. But I have a brown privilege, so I can talk extra about race. And so racism is when you persecute against, persecute somebody, treat them differently 
because of the color of their skin, their race. That's what it has always been. Now, recently, they've changed the definition to say that it is racist against specific groups only, you know, where there's systemic persecution. But it's not racist to do the exact same thing to people deemed of a group that is, I guess, absolved of being racist or protected from being considered racist. So essentially, they say white white people, very generic, are inherently racist, systemically racist, whatever. And so based off the new definition, you can be racist to white people, and that's not racist. It's crazy. It, it doesn't make any sense. But people argue based off that definition, oh, oh, well, you know, it's not racist if they're white. And then someone who has a brain and uses the original dictionary says, well, actually, it is racist if they're white. And then you treat them poorly based on the color of their skin. Also, a lot of Irish people were slaves, and they're pretty light-skinned. So you, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. History has been manipulated bigly. That's kind of the, the last part I'm going to go into, is history and science. See, with me being a person who questions everything, or a lot of things. I I remain and probably will always be agnostic just because I'll never give myself enough credit to say I know exactly what's going on. But I will say, with how much of history has been manipulated and how much science has been paid for, I'm a lot more skeptical of those and a lot less skeptical about God and Jesus. And actually has improved my faith quite a bit to see how much man's version has been corrupted. Because let's face it, government, they don't really like you putting your faith in God because it takes away a lot of control, takes away a lot of fear. And we can see very clearly, you know, let's go back to this. When I was in high school, I remember there was this kid who said, he was talking to a girl and trying to impress her, but he said, the human mind needs a God to explain the things that we can't. You know, that stuck with me because I see a lot of these people, especially in COVID times, absolutely terrified and they don't know what to think, what to do, whatever. And so they put their faith in science and they have their deities, Fauci, the TV, and you can see that they're just as much of a faith-bound fanatic as some lady at a Baptist church scream crying because she feels the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. You don't think it's the same thing, but it is. It's very interesting. Like I said, you see the people who still believe in Santa Claus won't open up their eyes and see that it's somebody else slinging the treats under the tree. Very interesting. But for me, the big lie of Santa Claus opened my eyes that the world could be way more manipulated than I thought. And large groups, famous people, musicians, movie stars, sports, athletes, they can work together to tell a lie. If they think that they're doing it in the name of good, they'll sleep just fine. Think about that. Like I said, we've been writing off these people as crazy, and they've been calling step for step. What's happening? 
what's going on and what's going to happen. It might be worth listening to, but hey, for now, happy birthday, Jesus. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next year. Check me out on Twitter, F2T Podcast. Also on Instagram, Facebook page, and I'm new on Patreon. Freedom to think. See ya.